Hello everyone and welcome back to another Hashtag Brad Life episode where we're going to be talking everything COVID because believe it or not, it's now been over a year since we recorded the first ever virtual Brad Life episode. So I am joined with my two hosts tonight, Danica and Laura. How are you guys doing tonight? Very great. I mean, great in terms of I'm healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, not healthy. <laughs> yeah, we're all healthy, but uh, hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I guess maybe that's the best way to describe it. Just uh, I, I'm alive, and but I'm tired, so, and I'm sick of everything right now. <laughs> so, uh, so guys, I mean, it's been a year. We've been in a pandemic. I mean, what has the? How would you guess? How would guess? Would you summarize everything? in a few sentences that's happened this past year? So for me, it's been like different moments. So at the beginning, I was just like obsessed about it. So I will read all of the statistics. I will watch all of the news. And those were like very turbulent times where I was literally so invested on the topic. And also in my lab, we started doing uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2 research so I was like I need to know everything <laughs> so that was the beginning and then afterwards like maybe by November I was like I'm done <laughs> like, I I don't want to read one single news I don't want to see a single statistic so I wouldn't look at it at all I was just ignoring all of it but I was still working with some sequences that we were analyzing in our lab so it's like, I just want to do academic research about this, but I don't want to invest like my soul <laughs> because it was just so exhausting, right? I'm right, right now, I'm like, why? <laughs> why are we still here at this point? I'm just so tired and because we're in lockdown again, right? So I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, I just want to go back to something at least more normal right like I want to be able to hug my friends once a, you know once every month I don't know <laughs> but yes so it's kind of rough yeah I feel exactly like Laura there's a point where I thought I couldn't get any more exhausted than I already was previously when things were I guess quote unquote normal but I have never gotten less things done and felt more tired and I think a lot of that has just honestly been because of the screen time that we're now just doing all of our like research interactions with and we're recording virtually now and everything that the grad life entails is just mediated through a computer now and it's to the point where finding just the energy and time to reach out to friends and family outside of the grad life space is hard because I just wanna take a nap or go outside and just not be in front of the computer. Um, but to Laura's point with research also, like I've experienced interruptions in my own doctoral work and the projects that I've been on just because we've had to halt in, in person participant data collection or people have pivoted and changed the scope of their work to focus more immediately on COVID. And contrary to all the cool stuff Laura does in the lab and everything, I'm more socially driven with social science research and health uh, science research. So it's been a wild ride. What about you, Gavin? <laughs> uh, I, I will say I'm definitely agreeing with the, I've never felt more tired and yet I look at my work completion and it's no, it doesn't reflect how tired I should be. Yeah. <laughs> I look at how much I've worked for like, okay, I've done this much. I shouldn't be this tired <laughs> with the amount that I've completed, but I do feel a lot more tired. And I, I do agree. I think it's just the screen time mm -hmm. and the not have all meetings having to be virtual or recordings have to be virtual or everything has to be uh, virtual even ordering stuff most of the time now is being done virtually and it just it just never ends and even when you try to get away from it you normally either turn to your phone or your tv if you have one and it's just another version of screen time so you never really get a break even when you think you're getting a break so in terms of research interruptions it's it's been up and down some days when it's just writing doesn't feel any different but when it require when I think about oh Maybe I should have gone. I need to go into the lab to get this data. Oh wait, I can't. We're in lockdown. 
Uh, oh, it'd be really good if we went to the field. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't because we're not allowed to travel internationally now. So it's uh, it's definitely been a roller coaster of um, moments of, I guess, bliss in one certain way in terms of I can write a lot more now and don't have an excuse not to and other frustrations in there's so much more I could be doing but I don't have the energy even though I should have the energy to do it yeah no, to, to uh, sorry I was gonna sorry you go ahead <laughs> I was gonna say Gavin I think I saw a meme a couple weeks back that it was like I just moved from my computer screen to the tiny screen that I hold on my couch to the big <laughs> screen that's on my couch and it's just musical chairs of screens <laughs> I guess is where we're at. And it's almost like we get drawn to them even when we don't want to to be. Yeah. It's like a love-hate relationship. Yeah, so what I've done is like I've taken so many walks around my place that now I know like every single tray <laughs> that is called near. <laughs> like I don't know, like literally like I I try to walk every day because so, so to be fair, I, I do bioinformatics, so I was kind of used to staying at the in front of a computer the entire day, but it's just different, of course, because this is literally the entire day, and then I cannot talk directly to anyone, and also like Zoom meetings are very awkward, <laughs> so that that's make it hard, make make it harder, right? But I was kind of used to, but I guess like for Gavin must be super hard because you used to go to the field, right? And Danica, I guess as well. Like you used to meet people and interact like more often. Did you have any interruption like going to your lab space though, Laura? And like, even though like yeah. if you would be in front of a computer, like I still feel your work was interrupted in different ways, but. Well, no, like, okay. So for me, it was very different because when I just started working from home, I, I will just CSH to my computer in the lab. So it was, I, I wasn't doing work, but just because like I was very worried all the time, but not because I couldn't, like I was used to this and it was like a learning curve. So after two months, I was on fire. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I am super concentrated at home because I don't have my, my lab mates distracting me. But after a while I was down again because I was just so tired. So it's like, I've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I've noticed and I don't know if either of you have felt the same but it seems now more than ever over the last year at least the people I interact with whether it's professors or like research colleagues or even my students but everyone has been so much more empathetic and kinder than I think we were pre-COVID which has just been fascinating to me like in terms of the long-standing joke of like this meeting could have been an email but now I feel like people are much more forgiving to say oh it's okay that you haven't gotten back to me in x amount of business days where before it may have been like why haven't I heard from you um I don't know that may just be my experience and the people I get to work with but that part has been pleasant I guess <laughs> I I've noticed it more when do it being as a TA, I, I've seen a lot more emails from the profs to the students saying like, oh, it's it's okay if they were a couple of days late or like, no, you know, go easy on them at this point. Uh, it's, a lot's happening right now. I knew pre-COVID that would never happen. It's like, nope, the two days late, they had no excuse. They were probably partying. No, don't give them that extra, don't, don't, don't go easy on them. So yeah. I, I, it was definitely a quick shift. And I don't know if that's a good thing that it only took especially if it comes to situations so maybe someone's going through mental health problems and it happens a lot being a student and before unless the professor was very understanding people wouldn't really get a break because in the eyes of some professors it was more like finding an excuse to prolong work but now it seems to be the opposite that they seem to be more inclined to give you that extension and also i think that we have uh, had to find a way to say those things because like before i i will try to never complain but during uh, the COVID thing my mom got infected and there was one week where I didn't do any job <laughs> so my mom is back in Colombia and I was just like just stressed all the time and I like yeah like I didn't do anything at all and I told my PA like 
like honestly I will never do that right <laughs> but like I had to be honest and I feel like I had to be yeah direct so I told him honestly I didn't do anything this this week I was so stressed and I'm sorry but and he was super yes as Danica said he was like super and, and he was that's no problem no worries take your time and just get better and <laughs> it was very good like I it also was good for me to know that I could trust him and like ask him for permissions when I was very tired so I think it's a learning for everyone as well yeah no I think what both of you are saying just resonates so much but to Gavin's point it's almost in another vein really sad that it took such a large scale global event to get some humanizing out of the academy and or like the structures that we're used to working in, especially with the undergraduates to just even Gavin's point when you were saying about like mental health considerations and just how like things are always going on when students are in school, but this one just happened to affect everyone on such a mass scale that we had to hit like the global pause button. But then when we move forward from this, I'm curious to see like what kind of remains or what's different, or if we keep up this kind of more accommodating structure. I don't even know if I wanna use the word accommodating, I guess just more like empathetic structure to be blunt, but. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to think about, uh, I guess, to get your guys' opinions or thoughts on it. Do you think there's anything that we've adapted because of, to the education system, particularly for grad students, because of the pandemic that we think will be kept or versus something you think should be kept? Because like when we, I mean, the virtual platforms has, we've noticed has its pros and its cons. It has the pros that is much easier to connect with a lot more people on on certain topics. That before, if you, they couldn't get to you in person, you never really got to interact with them. I think that's a big pro, which we should still consider. I think a lot, a lot of people have been talking a bit more, more about with meetings or certain conferences, they could still apply the hybrid form where there'll always be certain things that you can attend for free. You wouldn't get the full conference experience, but Maybe there's panels that there that you can tune in virtually to watch. Maybe there's seminar talks, keynotes. At least then you can attend for free, but only get to see those, but at least it's still something. I'd say the big con though, is that it does take away the human side of um, interaction in general. It, you do lose the actual, uh, especially if it's a conference, you lose the actual networking uh, feeling you lose the potential of actually solidifying something because I think it's a lot harder to do it virtually than it mm. is to do it in person because it's awkward enough meeting people in person but it's even more more awkward doing it virtually because you don't know how to express yourself behind a camera <laughs> very well or maybe they are not very good at expressing themselves behind a camera and then you feel awkward because you feel like you're doing something to make them look awkward so I that's one thing that definitely comes to my mind so I was wondering, like, what about you guys? Do you feel like there's something we should continue using when things go back to some sort of normality? Or do you think it might, nothing's going to be brought back. We're just going to go back to square one and forget any of that's ever happened. I mean, I miss traveling for conferences a hundred percent and like that in-person networking. So I feel you Gavin on that. Um, I think from at least what I've noticed, one thing that I hope stays is just how forthcoming we all are or seem to be at least as grad students with burnout and normalizing burnout and talking about it because it wasn't until like within like the last even six months where I had even like some close friends who I admire I think they're rock stars like they are just the the epitome of I guess what we would call like productivity and then they're just coming out saying like, yeah, behind the scenes, it's a whole different story. And these are the ways that like, I'm taking breaks and, or at least kind of like you were saying, Laura, like sticking up for myself or talking about when I need to put a pause on it for like my own personal um, well-being. So I hope that that doesn't go away in terms of like, I don't want to just sweep it under the rug and it just be like a Twitter trend that took off during the pandemic. Like it's, it's nice to to connect over that or at least start raising some issue with like the structure that we have to work under is not sustainable necessarily or 
be healthiest for all of us. So fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah, for me, I will say that uh, I will hope that the value that we uh, have gained uh, or, or the value that we have put on social interactions will stay. Like we have realized how important it is to socialize and how important it is to have supportive people around us. And for me, it was uh, like, I used to say like, I really like being alone and <laughs> like just spending alone time. But now I'm like, I miss people so much. And the fact that you are like, that I am more aware of how important that is in life. I hope that it will stay. And also that I think that that's what related to what Danica said before, that I feel like that's what makes us, makes us more empathetic. The fact that we realize how important others, other people is for us and how important we can be for them. So we just will take care of each other more often. And I hope that will stay. <laughs> so optimistic, Laura. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> So would you guys say the pandemic's made grad students more open to talk about these like burnout problems than we probably did in the past where we would always try to hide burnout because we always would consider it as a sign of weakness? In my personal experience, I'm going to say yes. And if I'm being even more personal, then I 100% have been more transparent and like posting or tweeting just about like, I did emails today. And that was a great day. And then I probably watched a couple episodes of a show and did some laundry. And like, I'm not going to shame myself for that. So I don't know, the people that I'm lucky to work with at Western and SOGS um, that we all know, like, yeah, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Laura, what about you? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, because like, I saw that there were some people that were, were doing so many things and then I feel guilty that I didn't do so many things. So I think we also have the other extremes where there's people who was hyper productive during it. And some people like me, which were basically trying to survive. So I think for me, it's like, I wouldn't talk to like about this with everyone, <laughs> but at least I will talk about it with my close close network of people that I trust. So in that case, yes, but I, I wouldn't talk to this with everyone. I will, I still feel ashamed sometimes <laughs> that I'm so unproductive. Yeah, I, I have a Zoom. We have like uh, every day, like a group of my, my friends in my lab group, we have a Zoom call. We all just jump on occasionally just to really just have it on and we're working at our own stations. But every, pretty much every day we probably say like, oh, so what have you done today? Ah, uh, it's been a slow start. I only just finished my coffee. <laughs> I'm slowly yeah. getting into it. And it's like, well, how much you got to do today? Too much and not enough time. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, so we all, it's good to know that we're all on the same page. And we always, like we share stories like, oh, before the pandemic started, we had so many plans. I was going to do so much. I was going to get so much accomplished. Now I feel like I can barely, I feel, I feel privileged just to know that I did my laundry or I washed the dishes today. That's when I go like, yeah, this is a good day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what it's um, so it's come down to. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I have noticed that certain people have thrived from the working at home, and other people have definitely fallen. Compared to like what was like before pandemic, some people have become, I'd say, even more productive and done so much more. But then other people have just gone without the ability to work in a room with a team of people. Uh, getting to communicate properly with everyone, getting to travel and able to complete research or just to do any type of work. They seem to have fallen. I don't know if fallen short is the right word to say, but I think they are missing the tools that and the motivation that required them to keep on pushing forward to be the best of them of who they are. So I don't, I don't know if you guys have noticed that um, throughout, um, not just within your own lab group, but maybe from looking at social media, seeing other grad students across Western or other institutions. I'm so glad you brought this up and I'm so curious to know what the two of you are like. Um, I am one of the soldiers that has fallen <laughs> from working at home. I am a very social person. I miss being on campus and I miss being in my shared PhD office and running from building to building for meetings. Like that is the fuel that fills my tank. So when we switch to 
at home, like the first month, I think I was in shock. Like I wasn't sure what to do um, just because I was so used to building people in throughout my day. Um, and that has been extremely hard. Uh, I'd even be like one of those people that would go to a coffee shop and have headphones in, but I just liked how stimulating the environment was and like just seeing people and bodies moving around. And I think it, and again, I'm so curious to hear both of you, like what your spaces are for writing. I write best in like a high traffic environment. I don't know why it gives me this weird sense of comfort, um, which maybe helps calm like the writing anxiety, but I'm curious, where do you fall? Well, for me, it's the complete opposite. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I love being at home. I'm so comfortable. Like, I do miss uh, many things from going to school, but mostly, like, social interactions and specifically for that. But for working, I love being at home. And there's other things that I also love, which are, like, eating my food just made. <laughs> like, just made my food and eat it while it's warm. I Oh my God, I love that feeling. And I also love the fact that sometimes I can take naps. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like I have to make sure that they are short, right? Because it can stay, I can stay in bed. But that is something that I know I'm going to miss. And I, I really feel, feel like super comfortable working from home. Yeah, so that's, yes like I'm in the other side. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to the other side. I am definitely another fallen soldier. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely miss going to getting to sit in the lab, um, having to feel the looking around, seeing everyone working, feel the drive to keep working and to be to do the best that I can. And if not more, I do, as I love that Danica mentioned it, I do miss getting to go to coffee shops usually once a week usually in the weekend, I would just go do like, wasn't usually research stuff. It was like a catch up on emails, work on blog work, work on podcast stuff, look on SciComm posting. I would just go there because it puts me in a different mindset because I knew if I stayed at home, it's easy to convince myself to do other things that doesn't involve it. But if I go to a coffee shop, I feel like if I do something else, I get judged because there are people moving around me. So it's like an incentive just to keep moving. And I also liked getting coffee that tastes better than the instant coffee that I make at home. Uh, but Amen. yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, uh, maybe I should try those strategies because I'm awful at writing, <laughs> like I procrastinate forever. So maybe that's something that well, I can actually use. That's we'll the weird thing with me. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you can go first. I was going to say, we'll happily welcome you to the other side, Laura. You can oh. you can see the, the green grass on the other side and maybe convert you. <laughs> yeah, so a... I'll definitely join. <laughs> like once, once it's possible, I'll join you in the other side. <laughs> I have weirdly felt more of an incentive to write since this all happened, but I don't know if that's just because I literally can't do anything else. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because, well, I'm very limited right now. It's either I could do remote access data processing, which half the time involves sitting around because I can't do anything while it's running, or I write. I mean, that's not uh, a bad problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's why I'm saying. It's probably, the, I guess it's like the uh, silver, oh, silver line, the, yeah, the sun so through the cloudy day. Yeah. Uh, of this it's the only thing it's saying like right well you might as well write and you've got all this time it's like you know what you've got a very good point brain I probably should be writing <laughs> but I don't know it's just I still I'm, I've missed having that almost like that drive and motivation that without being in a work environment working at a team to solve a problem it's it's now become harder to self-motivate I know some people are very easy to so so self-motivate themselves and just wake up going like right doing this today and it's going to be done I it can happens. do it some days sometimes I just wake up like you know what lots gonna get done today and it happens but then some other days it's like ah just another day let's keep going <laughs> it's, it's not good in those days even when the and it's even worse when the weather's nice outside I'm like I have stuff to do but the weather's mocking me <laughs> that I feel is like one of the like epitome struggles that we have as grad students, I would like to think, especially in the summer, because it's like you could go outside or you could try and take your work outside where you have stable Wi-Fi. 
or you just like forego any kind of academic work and just stay outside all day. <laughs> I know when like June rolls around and we get like the nice London weather, I'm always torn between like, do I just stay outside all day and then try and do stuff at night when it's not as nice? I don't know. So what, what, what did you do during the summer, like the COVID summer? Oh, the, oh wow, the first uh, COVID summer. <laughs> It's yeah, it's, it's going to be no, oh yeah, it's going to be the first no, it's the first COVID summer now. Oh. Yeah, right? Oh, Laura, wow, uh, the first COVID summer. I think I was still adjusting, and I think because everything was still new, I had more motivation, I guess, to still do the work because I think like a lot of us, I thought this will be over in a couple months. We're in the clear. It's fine. We're just going to truck through. And then the fall semester hit, <laughs> nothing changed. And then it started to snow. And I think that's when I finally dropped off the earth in terms of motivation. That's when it was like negative, in the negatives. <laughs> and we weren't coming back. Work wasn't even an option. It was just like, nope, nope, yeah. nope. Offices yeah. do suit. Nope, nope, no, it's not. Nope. <laughs> My apartment has never been cleaner because of that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with Gavin on team procrastination <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just lucky that everyone's been very sympathetic, but it's, it doesn't help for self-morals. That's mm. self-morals. Um, it's been a long day. I'm trying to like put my words together. <laughs> um, self-reflection, I guess, because you think about, because it, it's, it's almost a demoral demoralizing when you realize, oh, I haven't done that much. And then you feel like, have I really done since the pandemic started? Yeah. It's, but then, no, I, oh, I was just going to quickly say that was the one thing I did, I did learn as a personal lesson from this is like, especially with social media, which became even more active since the pandemic started, is that this is the best time to know the advice of never compare yourself, whether it's a personal life goal or academic goal to people that you see on it on social media, it seems to be mainly Twitter and Instagram that are achieving certain things because of the pandemic, because mm -hmm. this is a completely different situation. There are so, a lot of people have been giving, have pretty much been disadvantaged. And there's yeah. some that either, I wouldn't say advantaged, but they just haven't been as disadvantaged and are able to progress now a lot faster than others. Mm -hmm. So you should never be upset when you see someone maybe getting more publications out or get, see someone developing a skill at now becoming certified or getting opportunities that you only wish could have been possible if you are allowed to either a travel or b go into the lab to continue more work you should never this is the best time to never ever do that comparison because one it's going to be even worse since you're stuck at home there's not really much you can do to talk to people unless you connect connect to them virtually and two again as i mentioned earlier it's a complete it's a different situation it's not like lack of funding or you just missed that opportunity it's like literally the world stopped yeah. and it wouldn't let you do anything so never really think i can't i i don't know what it is that i'm doing and all these and this these people are accomplishing so much more so everything i must be doing now is redundant no that's not the case if, it, if that was the case then your professors would not be spending the time to work with you and keep funding you through this difficult time so that should be sign and evidence enough that what you're doing is important. And it's just something that you need to keep in mind when you want to think of something to keep moving forward. No, I, I love that, Gavin. Um, something just to add on to that, that I think is, is in similar spirit. I love the idea of, again, don't compare your everyday to someone else's highlight reel, because I think as academics, that's also something that we do. Um, or tend to do. Of course, we want to share good news, but publications are also so tricky because they can sit in peer review for like two years and then all of a sudden you'll get an answer back, right? So it's it's so tricky to try and navigate that. But I think, and I'm not sure if this may resonate with either of you, but something else that I've tried to focus on is at least not revolving so much of my identity around my PhD and like tuning into other parts of myself or things that I like or hobbies or things that I find interesting to make it not seem that like everything that's happening with the PhD in the COVID context is the end of the world. Like I'm a PhD student, yes, but I'm also 
someone's daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a partner, I'm a friend. I do other stuff around the university. Like it's, it'll be okay. <laughs> I don't know if, and this is maybe a cliche thing to ask, but like for even like hobbies and stuff, like I started baking just because I had more time and that made me really happy. Um, have you, did you do the thing where you picked up a COVID hobby and, or just started doing something more that you liked because you had time or? Well, for me, it was plants. Nice. <laughs> I got so many plants and I learned about them and I was taking care of them because I was so sad at home all the time. And in winter, winter hits me really hard. So I was like, I need to have my house full prepared for winter because this is going to be a tough one. Uh, so yes, that's that. I feel like that, that was kind of my hobby. I, I also, um, I'm not a lover like a, I don't love cooking but I have realized that I can really enjoy it <laughs> if I have like the time and everything like I used to hate it I was like oh I have to cook again but now I'm like hmm, what I'm going to cook tomorrow and I wouldn't call it a hobby because I'm not like reading a, lo a lot of recipes of or stuff no, but I am getting more creative <laughs> I would say it's a hobby following recipes yeah yeah, that's what I do, like half the time. It's um, yeah, yeah that, like because like cooking was the hobby I picked up. I mean, I used to cook before anyway, but I started to try and experiment with different types of recipes I'd never tried before. Mm -hmm. But sure, the time they came out well, there was the occasional uh, disaster that would unfold when I realized, yeah. you know what, this flavor does not work. This profile does not work. I'm sorry, uh, but most of the time was just following recipes, and eventually, if I kept on making it, I would just, like slightly tweak it each time. But mm -hmm. it's like, you know what, let's make this spicier or let's add more liquid or let's add less liquid and see what happens. So I no, I think it's still a hobby if you follow recipes, I would say. So what about you, Gavin? Have you developed any new hobbies? I tried to get more into bread making it, which would, did quite well at the start of the pandemic, but started to go down. But that was mainly just because PhD work started to get more intense. So I had to put it on the back burner. So I'm hoping to maybe get it to make to make a couple more breads this summer if things get a little bit better. Probably knows I highly doubt it will. Um, I would say one thing I have started working on more is more into science communication. I was always into it before for like two and a half years, but it was more, I tr treated it more like a still a hobby, but not an intense hobby. But because the pandemic being stuck at home, I took the opportunity to get more involved with it and mainly through social media. Um, a mixture of sometimes successful engagement, sometimes people didn't even acknowledge my post was there, but I think that's just that's just social media for you. Um, but I have been using it as a way to get better at um, one, communicating with everyone outside of my field. I have realized that I enjoy science communication a lot more than, than I did um, before the pandemic started. And it's definitely something I don't want to stop. I wanted to it to stick with me wherever I go next after my PhD. And I'm hoping that it will become a big part of my life and a big part of my identity that's not my doctorate <laughs> or that's not good. just my doctorate, I would say. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Guys, I wanted to ask you like, in we, you were talking before about how we shouldn't compare to others. <laughs> and I was wondering how you do it. Like, to be fair, I, that, I feel like that's something that is easier said than done. <laughs> Like I keep telling myself that, but I keep doing it anyways. <laughs> so how do you actually do it? I mean, I I sometimes even though I was I said that entire give it gave that all that advice and uh, slightly personal uh, speech. It was um I still have the pro the problem of I don't even listen to myself half the time. That it's 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 sometimes hard. You just I think it's just human nature. You can't really help it because you feel like you've now been in a way outgunned like something you thought was yours and now someone's beaten you uh to the punch almost and it's as i think sometimes you just can't help it like you don't want it to get to you but you know a, even if it a small part of it always will because it's just the back of the mind you know like oh that's that's quite nice what's taking you so long to get to that point so it, it's just that tiny little voice in your head that's just trying to always like gnaw at everything uh, i don't know if that's been the same with you danica I think it, I think because like 
the people that we get to work with and around as graduate students, like there's something to be said for the kind of person that goes through graduate school and even like the kind of person that pursues a doctorate. Like we're all used to excelling academically and being at what I guess I would say like the top of whatever group that we're in. So I think social comparison is just an inevitable byproduct of like the kinds of human beings we are, but social media for me is, is such a rabbit hole some days that like for Laura, to your point, I have just stopped. It took me a while, but I've just like stopped following accounts that I know would just be like a trigger for me. And, or like, if there are, um, people that I, that I would follow or used to follow that I didn't know well, that I didn't know what their personal circumstances were like, but I just saw like the highlight reel as much as I would want to be supportive. If it was just too much for me, as much as I can rationalize, like it's a curated feed, it's everything down to the time they post and whatever they're posting about in the language is like a calculated move. I still, like Gavin said, I default into immediate comparison. Um, the thing that I'm trying to at least be better at is sharing the things that do go well for me, but also trying to match that with equal um, content that's like, hey, here's some things that I'm thinking about that aren't glamorous or that aren't, you know, me at my top academic gain. Let's share a grant rejection. Let's share how long something took to get published. Like, you know, so demystifying that for people because I think the more I sat with it over this past year, the more I realized that I never wanted to be that person for someone else, or I'm trying to be that person if I am for someone else less by being like, hey, here are also all of the imperfections that, <laughs> that make up me because it's not, you know, 24 seven awesomeness. It can't be, that doesn't exist. So um, yeah, so as much as I love like Instagram and Twitter and especially like academic Twitter, some days I just won't even go on the platform or like I just impose boundaries because like it's just too much uh, I think that's useful because like I bring this up because when you were talking about your hobbies and like I've seen so many people doing so many things like hobby related and they're like doing new podcasts and like learning new programming languages and I was just taking care of plants <laughs> sometimes not even because some of them died <laughs> so I'm like I'm just, I'm just so useful. Uh, no, how, what's the contrary of useful? Useless. I'm useless. useless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so useless and that's all awful. But and, like at the same time, what are you saying? They help the ecosystem. Yeah, you're a parent. You're a parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they died. Like I'm not even good at what. Laura, I killed a succulent <laughs> and they're supposed to thrive in the most. I know. I, I killed I, a succulent I, as well. It's not as easy as they say. I think it only comes a low if you're trying to become, get involved in botany is if I killed my cactus yesterday. Oh. Like, right. How did you kill your cactus? Did you throw it out the window? <laughs> no, it dehydrated. Oh my goodness. How did you do with the desert? Like, how did you do what the deserts couldn't? Oh, no. Okay, okay. That well, that, I, I don't know if that actually happened. That was just an example. Like, that's when you know you've <laughs> it's gone really bad. If a, if a cactus dies in your arms, I think that's like a, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, so this is where I feel like what, what Danica said is so important. Like, sharing failures is so important. Like, you realize we are all humans trying to do our mm -hmm. best. And sometimes social networks are not very good for that because people always show their success but we yeah. are all failing in some yeah. stages of our life yeah. even taking care of succulents okay. no so. honestly laura i killed the succulents i tried i actually didn't even attempt bread baking so like props to gavin for even entering that sphere yeah. of like homemaking because again i just kill most living things that fall into my care um but yeah I think like the the catch-22 with social media is that it's a great space to like build community for like us at GradCast like we're getting great engagement with our Instagram and everything and trying to reach like more students at Western which is awesome um 
and you get like that nice social reinforcement when people like your things, but then it's like immediately the, the back end of that is the comparison that it'll trigger. Right. So mm -hmm. I think just being mindful of that or trying to be as critical about that as possible is maybe one of the better ways to go about it, but yeah, I don't know, Gavin thoughts. <laughs> Another thing that I know some people could try it, it's something I'm learning from like when you get paper grants or any type of rejection um, is to take a second after you've let all the emotions run through, because that's going to happen. Get, get a piece of paper, or open up a word document and write down everything that you have accomplished yourself, because it will remind yourself that you have these capabilities and you have all these skills that it may sound silly or it's like, oh, you just want me to say like, oh, I did this, I did this and I did this. That once you start doing it, you'll realize like, oh, actually I've done quite a lot. And it, it's sometimes you just need that reminder. It's just to, to say that they've done this, but I've done all of this. Who's to say that they've done this? I mean, again, it's, it's something just to help self re-motivate you and probably to maybe even give you like re-inspiration because it just reminds you, it reminds you that you are capable of doing these things. Sometimes you just need a little bit of extra push. I need to adopt that into my, my practice yeah. of dealing with rejection. Well, That's great. Well, I, um, I, I wrote a blog about how to cope and deal with rejection after I got a pretty brutal paper rejection a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what could be more demoralizing. Uh, when one of the reviewers says this manuscript reads very raw and it and it used poor English and grammatical structure. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know how someone's supposed to feel about this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go for a walk and think about it. Yeah. And that's when I started reading a bunch of articles about how students, professors and um, top publishers and researchers have said like, I mean, we've, we've, publish all of our success, but let me tell you about the 10 times amount of rejections and disappointments I've gotten to get here. Yeah. That makes me feel, do you know Kurgesat in a not like in a nutshell, the YouTube channel? So they did something called the gratitude journal, which is basically a journal with where you say things that you're grateful for. <laughs> and I started it during the pandemic and it has given me so much perspective. It's like sometimes I've shed, but still there are so many good things to be grateful for. And it's just like, sometimes I just exhaust, I'm just exhausted after a long day and I don't want to think about something to be grateful for, but forcing myself to do it makes me feel so much better afterwards. And like, I can sleep, <laughs> like, okay, no, like, there are always reasons to be grateful. And it sounds like kind of similar to what you do, Gavin. So yes, I will I will say that that, that sounds like a good strategy. Well, I might adopt the grateful um, journal. It's uh, very myself. good. I think that might, that sounds like something I'm gonna try tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is like something that is, it has been studied before and people uh, that do gratitude journal is like, tend to consume less <laughs> yeah. and like like um realize more of like or take care more take more more care of their friends or their families because like they realize how important they are and it's 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 very very useful i love that on that note what is something that both of you are grateful for today let's like, put the prompt into practice oh, <laughs> just today Oh, I'm very grateful for spring. I love going out and seeing so many flowers and things growing. For me, that's a beautiful feeling. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for my partner who cooked lunch for me today. <laughs> because I wasn't feeling like cooking at all. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd say I'm grateful that my supervisors think say that I am on track to defend this summer I think that's something I'm quite grateful about I'm like okay <laughs> oh congratulations Gabby. That's uh, still a long road to go it's going to be a weird couple months I think I'm also grateful for my partner as well it's been we passed our three-year anniversary just a just over a week ago so very grateful for her she's definitely been helping me get through moments where I'm, I tell her like I just don't want to work I just don't want to do it 
we do it for each other. We can't tell ourselves to motivate. We can't motivate ourselves, but we can motivate each other without a problem. So, uh, but what about I, you, Danica? Same thing. I'm grateful for my partner. He, he is also Gavin again, approaching the finish line. And it's great to like motivate each other, but I'm going to miss having him as a doctoral student <laughs> in solidarity. Um, yeah. So absolutely grateful for that. And also I know Laura said spring, but today it also rained in London and I'm also excited for and grateful for the rain because that means I don't have to get a car wash because that happens. <laughs> and then that makes me grateful that I have a vehicle because I know not a lot of people do. So it's like a, a good privilege check in that sense, right? Um, yeah, that's such a lame example, but like I'm going for what is happening right now as we record this on. That's the absolute, week. <laughs> that's the absolute perfect example. Some days I, I just put, I'm grateful for coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on a different note but before we um, have to wrap up the show soon unfortunately but to end on a certain note what would you guys say is the probably most um, positive memory, memorable thing that's happened since the pandemic started and the most negative memorable thing you think it's happened pandemic uh, I'm going to kick this off with the worst thing to have happened, academically speaking, was as soon as the pandemic hit last March, I was going to be entering my qualification exam period with a project that I was really, really excited about, but that had to get completely scrapped because of COVID and because of all the complications that would have introduced with in-person like human participant research. That said, that is a project that I'm going to put on the shelf for postdoc opportunities and I still love it and it's going to happen. I want to make it happen. But I also then fell in love with a new area after taking months and months to really sit with what I wanted to do not only within the pandemic context but it also challenged me to look at new methods um, and ways that I could interact with young a younger demographic that's my target population so it, it was a bittersweet thing um, I'm on the other side of it now so that's probably why I'm able to talk about it with much more levity because it really really sucked uh, but I'm also excited now to just, you know, start some new work. And that happens to be with TikTok. So stay tuned for that. Cool. Are you saying you're going to be making TikToks now? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to be analyzing the TikToks. But, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, I'll have a burner account just for fun. <laughs> what about you, Laura? Uh, okay, so for me, what, one of the worst part academically speaking has been um, not being able to go to um, meetings because I am very bad at interacting on Zoom <laughs> and like I, I've had some like ideas that I thought were interesting to share but I just didn't know how and it was frustrating and I was feeling so isolated and like sometimes I would like to cooperate more with people but it's hard for me through the internet. So that, that that's something that I will say has been very frustrating. But on the happy part, um, I've been like, I, I, I'm feeling super lucky for my PI. He's like very supportive. He, he has uh, keep himself so like, uh, I don't know how to say it, just like <laughs> strong during the entire time and having so many projects in mind and like keeping us uh, up um how do you call it um like motivated yeah <laughs> yeah motivated. yeah so it it has been like just so awesome to be able to work with him and like analyze that data and see him develop these new methods and it's like i'm so grateful for doing bioinformatics during a pandemic i know it sounds awful but for me i have learned so so learned learned so so much and i'm like just very very happy for that. I'm very grateful. 
Gavin. Yes. Uh, I'd say the worst academically. Well, I've already mentioned the paper, so I'm not going to say it again. Um, probably that I was supposed to go in the field to two locations last mm-hmm. summer, and one was supposed to be Iceland again, mm-hmm. and the other would have been Northern Labrador in Canada. Oh. And all got just all summer plans just erased off the board. That was a devastating day to get that email when Weston said, "Yes, all international sanctioned travel will here for." by here forth be cancelled until further notice. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself now. <laughs> I'd say the most positive thing that has happened academically this month is I've noticed that I actually, I've been shown that I do have the ability to write pretty good postdoc research proposals. Nice. I mean, it's only... I, because before I've always considered writing as my weakest um, research skill. I still consider it to be my weakest um, research skill, but something I'm constantly working on. Mm-hmm. But I was impressed to know that one was so close to being accepted, but was putting on like a waiting list. So that's when I realized, awesome. okay, if I can make the waiting list for this application, it means I have what it takes to probably do it for others mm-hmm. down the line. So I think that was a big highlight uh, for me because it just showed like, okay, I can write good proposals. It just, for me, it takes a bit more time <laughs> to make it a possibility. No, it sounds like both of you with between like Laura's PI and your writing time and skill, like taking the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, never focus on the negatives. You gotta look at both sides as well. Learn from the negatives and thrive from the positives. That's the and best don't buy cacti. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, you got to buy cacti to really know is plant plant care really, really for me. Bought me my thing. <laughs> if you think you could be the next next Mark Watney, I'd say go for it. But <laughs> no, then maybe just put, take the cactus back to Arizona and let it live its life. <laughs> we have to work cacti somewhere in this episode title, Gavin. <laughs> I'll have to think, oh, but punchy titles, that's the worst thing for me. So I'm really going to have to... I might have to talk to Yemen. He's usually pretty good mm-hmm. with good punchy call. titles. I'm going to go, Yemen, I need you to create a title with the theme of grad students, COVID, and cactus. Or cacti, <laughs> if you could fit it in. I want you to work your social media fems magic here. <laughs> Make it a reality. <laughs> so, you know, I'm actually going to message him after this and say, yes. is this possible? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I wanted to thank you both for coming on to talk about um, everything COVID and grad school related. It's been a, I'm not going to lie, it's been a roller coaster this past year. And I'm sure it's just going to be a, another roller coaster uh, for the start of this summer for us. So thank you both for coming on. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And yeah, thanks to you both. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So this has been another segment of Hashtag Grad Life. If you'd like to learn more about the show, you can email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com or you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at gradcastradio. Thank you for listening and see you all next time.